What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group. Happy hump day, folks. Wednesday night recording here from TWBLC. I'm your co-host, Curtis Quinn. Studio 99A for me. Uh, doing a little house slash dog sitting this weekend. And Drew up in Gloucester, Mass. How are we doing this week? We're hanging in there. It's the middle of the week. It's hump day. I apologize for the uh, belated delivery of the pod. Um, I'll preface our first segment by saying that. Um, and then I also want to include that today is a very special day near and dear to my heart. I know I've been kind of pulling out, you know, right out of the sleeve some national days. Today is National Left-Handers Day. So Ooh. that is that is me. That is I. And all you other lefties out there, everybody's always talking crap about us and we're going to die early. Enjoy your day. Well, it's technically going to be tomorrow, actually, so I apologize. When you guys Thursday. hear this, it'll be National Lefties Day um, Thursday this week. So yeah. rip it up, all you lefties, tomorrow. Thirsty Thursday. I'm I'm like a hybrid. I'm a, I'm a right-hander for most stuff, but I do swing any, any device, any club, any bat lefty. So I like to include myself on that day as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll take you, but I mean, I don't know. Phil Mickelson throws a football righty and is right-hand dominant, but his nickname is Lefty. Fair. So I guess it depends on perspective, and we'll leave it at that. Okay, well, a smooth swinging lefty, that's what I like to think of. <laughs> Let's hop right into Love of the Week. What do you got this week, Drew? Uh, recency bias is playing a role. It's playoff hockey time. We're back. Uh, mine is simply just overtime playoff hockey, specifically your hometown team. The Bruins just went into double OT this afternoon, and I was just tweeting about it as well. I can't think of a more a situation where I'm more torn emotionally between just pure thrill and joy and excitement, literally jumping out of my couch, but also feel like I'm going to puke and have a stomachache. And it's such a chore it's I've never felt more pleasure out of a chore than I do overtime play of hockey when I'm rooting for my team. That's a good way to put it, I guess. Yeah. You know who's not jumping out of their chair? Michael Luster, I mean. That, oh my god. That thing's full reclined back in the in the hospital bed. So Yeah. He ain't moving out of that. That's a good one. Billy Foz also submitted that one for our fan submission of the week. I have to agree. I only caught the first two periods of the Bruins before I had to leave and go back to work. But I digress. My love of the week this week is going to be the Orange County District Attorney's Office, Drew. This boy, one, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> off the off the beaten path, some would say, but I, I saw a Snapchat story, the news or whatever. You go to the search bar and there's all your stuff. Yeah. But the, the Stokes twins, apparently these famous YouTubers that I've never heard of, but go and do prank videos uh, in public places, you know, get all the millions of views, whatever. Well, they went a little awry this time. They did. They staged some fake bank robberies, which is could be charged as a felony, some would say, at least the Orange County District Attorney's Office would. But to set you up on the story a little bit more, 
the first bank that they go and act like they're robbing. They're dressed in all black. They got their duffel bags full of money. The money's like spilling out as they're running away from the scene, like down the stairs of the bank. People obviously call in what they think is a bank robbery. These two then call up an Uber to drive away. They get in the Uber. The Uber driver says, get the hell out of my car. They get out of the car. The Uber driver drives off, now is seen as an accomplice to a bank robbery, is held at gunpoint by the police, which in this day and age not yeah. like could go awry pretty pretty easily that there. could unfold and go south pretty quickly so uh, we don't we don't a, love that a small misunderstanding well they catch up to these stokes twins the cops do give them a little shakedown like obviously you can't be doing this this is ridiculous uh you're gonna get people hurt yada 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 they end up not arresting them or giving them a fine for all that i know Please don't do this again was probably the message they were trying to get out to these two youngsters. Well, what do they do, Drew? They go right back out. They do it don't again down the road, a couple miles on a college campus now. Uh, stage the same thing. Cops are getting calls once again. They have to respond to this because that's just their job. Yeah. Well, now these two are getting charged with felony uh impersonation type of type of laws that are in the books certainly and the big thing there is a felony a lot different than a misdemeanor a felony you're going to state or federal prison for over a year that's at least a year's sentence so the two stokes twins my love of the week the orange county da's office who ended up charging them for this and they don't care about the views they don't care about you know however much money you two have we're just holding people accountable, and that's what's great about this country is to hold people accountable. In what realm of reality did they think, did they sit down, did they regroup after the first prank, per se, Yep. with the air quotes, and say, and, and agree together that they were going to do it again, and, I... and, and, and not even think twice about what the consequence could potentially be. Here's the worst part is they knew they saw this Uber driver get held up at gunpoint, apparently, because later on in the video, you see them on the college campus, the second iteration of this prank, yeah, laughing to other students. Oh, they held our Uber driver who kicked us up, kicked us out of the car at gunpoint. It's like, how can you laugh at that right now? That yeah. Guy, could have gotten you know killed he literally could have gotten out of he was shot dead in the streets for no fault of his no own. apparent reason yeah outside of what those idiots did so some would say it's a hate of the week on those two and absolutely we hate those two we hate them hate hate, em. hate hate can't say it strongly enough loathe yep. i think that's our loathe of the week <laughs> Perfect. my love of the week is the orange county district attorney's office for that one i love that that's 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 one of the more in-depth, well-thought-out Love of the Weeks that we've heard. And it's a hell of a story. Not one you would have expected. Uh, I wouldn't have expected it until I saw it. No chance. So, I don't have any honorable mentions. Do you have any honorable mentions this week? I have one. A past guest, Ryan Corey, overseas in Ireland. He said retro jerseys. Retro sports jerseys is his Love of the Week. Something I don't really, I didn't really think of, but... I would say 85 to 90% of retro jerseys you see out there, depending on the sport, are all just super sleek, 
Yep. And you just love to see him come out every once in a while. So my, my favorite would probably be obviously like the old throwback Pats ones. Yep. But the Bruins Winter Classics are oh my God. always great. Those ones oh are my fantastic. God. The white ones were gold. I I can't sit here and not tell you that the red Patriots jerseys with the white pants and the white helmet with Pat Patriot. Yep. I just picture Tom Brady throwing like 47 touchdowns in the snow against the Titans yeah, and winning like a billion to nothing. Game. It's that game. That That's just what I head. think of. It's just that absolute annihilation. Yep. It's without a doubt in my mind, the best Jersey in sports. It's just so clean looking. And I think they got to go back once they get permission to have a third Jersey or whatever it is. Here's one. How have they not went back to this? The USA Olympic hockey team, the men's, Go back, oh, yeah. go back to the 1980s, the Miracle dude, on Ice jerseys. Those are unbelievable. Th- dude, recently, especially with the U.S. jerseys for hockey and basketball, have yeah. been so gross. They just try too hard to make them look, like, up-to-date and yep. fresh. I, I, It's just it's just too much. But Oh, and you could even say Russia could go back to the old Soviet Union, the CCCP. Dude, those jerseys are that, unbelievable. Oh my god! If they just went back to that as the logo, just that crest on the chest, all white jersey with that and like red with a yellow outline, I might buy one. I might buy a Malkin jersey with that. <laughs> oh, he's coughing. He's putting back some H two O, folks. Drink that water. Had to mute myself there. There, a little little hairball in the throat, but it happens. Let's hop right in off that little little retrograde or retro sports jerseys yeah right into our sports 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 segment of the week let's what a weekend for me personally and all the golf fans out there we had our first major championship in 378 days i think it was the longest it's ever went without a major and boy oh boy was it a good one uh we got probably the hottest player in golf ended up being the winner colin morikawa young stud out of Cal Berkeley, 23 years old, became yep. just the fourth guy to win the PGA at 23. I think it was Jack Tiger, him. I forget the other player. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to remember it. Anyways, was it? Wait, it was. Oh, I saw the graphic. I was going to come up big for you, it but wasn't, I can't. It wasn't Arnold. It wasn't Phil. It might have been like a Sam Snead or a Ben Hogan. Was I can't remember who the who the third who the third was. I apologize. We digress. It doesn't matter. We do. Only up there with four people to do it at that young of an age. Uh, the the closest comparison right now for the hot streak, I would say that he's on, would be Spieth. Back when he first came onto the scene, not as hot as his 2015 two majors year, but mm-hmm. hey, he could get there in the next couple of months. Anyways, the big anyway. news of this week, I would say, was. Brooks Kepka, who we called out on the podcast last week. M- multiple times. We have. Multiple times. Well, he, he got under – he ruffled some feathers this week, I would say, of, of golf fans around the world. And Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, uh, and, and many others. He basically called the entire leaderboard after day three a bunch of losers. And the best part about this was obviously he got lit up on the, the – Twitter and Instagram yep. and everything for the press conference. The remarks. Remarks like that just kind of came out of nowhere, to be honest. He he didn't have to say it. That's the thing. I, wa- I watched it when you sent it to me. Yeah. He didn't have to say it. He sort of just pivoted to it. Yeah. And then just kept, like, saying stuff about how nobody, like, really knows how to win. 
nobody's won as much as him. They don't really have it. You know, he was just, it was just odd. Yeah, and he likes to say, I know in interviews in the past, he's like, oh, I'm not going to start, you know, the fight, but I'll end it with like a below the belt comment or something like that. It's like, no, literally nobody at the tournament was saying anything. Not <laughs> yeah, a single person. That's the definition of starting a fight or yeah. just ruffling feathers, like you said. Anyways, he goes out to shoot like a final round 75 or 76, drops down to T29 after being, I think, T4 headed into Sunday and only two strokes back. Came nowhere close. The worst part about this, I think, is they didn't hold him accountable for the remarks after Drew. They asked him, you know. Oh, my God. Imagine if they asked, if they just, oh, my God. They asked him charming, ultra soft questions. Didn't, you know, like, oh, what do you think about Colin Murakawa? And obviously, he's like, oh, great player, like, really good for the game. Young guy is going to be real good. Ask him about the remarks he just said yesterday and how he followed it up with probably his worst round at a major in quite a while. Uh, other than that, Bryson DeChambeau, I think, proved to everyone in, in the golf world, hey, this game translates to majors as he finished only, I think, three strokes off the lead. He finished at 10 under, which was good for like a T4, I think two tied at second. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts? I know this was the first golf shots of the year that you've seen. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a couple things. I'll start with the Bryson talk. So, I've heard the stories. I've seen the Twitter clips of him hitting absolute missiles. All I could do was just laugh. Like me and my dad were just literally crying, laughing, watching him drive the golf ball because it's just, well, I, I texted you. I think I, my dad calls it violent and vicious. Like yeah. it's just, there's nothing like it. And then the funniest thing for me too is when he gets on the green and he starts putting, it looks like he's like the Hulk holding a toothpick. Yeah, he has and I'm a like, weird how, button stance. I'm like, how can he put like the necessary touch on the ball yep. in this situation? Because his arms are bigger than my head. Um, he's honestly a great putter too. His his downfall yeah. has been the irons and the wedges, really. That's exact. I, you took the words right out of my dad's mouth. He said, usually the juiced up guys, their like middle to short game isn't as good um, as, you know, them just driving the piss out of the ball. But Long story short, um, I don't know what's better for a guy like, I might butcher the name, Colin Morikawa. Yep. What is better for him in this situation as a newbie winning over, what is it, a million in change? What was it? It was 1.98 million. Don't even get me started on how much money that is. 1.98 mil. Now, this might be a stupid question, but for a kid like that, just trying to climb the ranks, knowing that you you sort of you eventually you know based on your your game you're gonna have more money coming away but what is it with now correct me if i'm wrong but yep. there's a based on is it where you finish or if you win like flat out you're guaranteed a spot in every other major for the next five five years, years? yep five years for the pga uh specifically for the pga championship itself he will yep. be guaranteed a lifetime to that. Okay. Uh, f it's like five years on the PGA Tour that your card secured. A bunch of other events that you get into. It's a legitimate contract, long-term contract for work, saying you're going to get paid a lot of money uh, in this amount of time. If you get injured, they'll give you an injury exemption. You'll get years added on. It's life-changing for tour players. Like maybe, maybe not for him as much because he is – literally one of the best up and coming golfers like there he wasn't going to be going anywhere anytime soon 
Gotcha. But it's huge when it comes down to wins on the PGA Tour for the guys who are kind of struggling on the bubble and to get that tour to get over the hump and get that yeah for two more years. It's like signing a new contract or something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's you know the equivalent of baseball or the NFL just getting a long term deal versus the short terms. It's it's quality of life. It's you know, guarant it's guaranteed money. Some would say. Yeah. Exactly. But very cool. To your point, I wouldn't go around saying he needed all this because although it was one point nine eight million, he has racked up now in fourteen months, including okay. this now PGA Championship, just under seven million in career earnings. Holy! So that's just something I just didn't know. Like I, I didn't either. I, I think of it as like this is basically his like his stepping party. stone yeah. to sort of start making the bank. But that's that's unbelievable. Yeah, so he ended up jumping from like 20-something in the world up to fourth. Holy so God. he's been playing a, a lot of good golf over the past year, and to make $7 million in pretty much a year is just remarkable. Yeah, that's decent. It's remarkable. <laughs> the yep. only other note I think I have on that one was Dustin Johnson uh, kind of crumbling, not crumbling down the stretch. He shot two under on a Sunday in a major which when you have the lead two under on a Sunday is usually going to get you into a playoff probably. Uh, but the shot on 16 that Morikawa hit the drive, he ends up eagling. That shot fit his eye perfectly. He's a natural cutter or fader of the golf ball. I kind of expected him to at least make birdie there just by virtue of the hole. He could dump it in that front left bunker, get up and down. Uh, but to hit that when you're you know tied for the lead or just took the lead, is incredible and, and to knock in it was still a 10 11 foot putt that he mm-hmm. sunk for eagle to yeah pretty much solidify the tournament from there it was just make a couple of pars coming home and you got it but yeah just probably gonna be the golf shot of the year what we love to see bryson hit three wood there just to give you a little a little bryson uh little how far he hits it hit three wood it landed almost in the identical spot Got a little kick right. Um, yep. If it got a kick left, Bryson's would have been closer because it, it rolled up a little further, and he probably would have had a chance with a one. It was Jesus Christ. insane to watch. It was just before Morikawa. He ends up making birdie, and he was yeah. He got to yeah ten under at that point. He was in it too. But overall, great weekend of golf. We got a couple of down weeks now uh, until the U.S. Open in late September. So that's the next big one you should look out for and tune into Drew. Now, that, that'll be the next time I watch any set of golf. Can't wait. Now let's move on to the Boston Bruins. Uh, we delayed the pod for 24 hours due to sickness uh, coming from the Luster residents, but yep. it ended up giving us some, some great stuff to talk about. Drew, why don't you start us off? I only saw the first two periods. Uh, you got to see the ending, which yeah. was wild. Yeah, I mean, so let's start with why we're even talking about it today, and let's start with why the game was even on today. Mm-hmm. I, I believe Columbus and Toronto played the fourth or fifth longest NHL game in the history of the league. First off, yeah. five effing overtimes. Seth Jones played over 60, 60, I think it's just 60 flat, like 62, 63 minutes. That is absolutely that's, mind-boggling. That's to, How is he like, not a bag of bones right now? Oh, the, can, can you imagine, imagine the body? Imagine what his body feels like this morning. Trying to wake up today? 
60 plus minutes. We used to think that Chara logging like 30 something yeah. in the cup against the Hawks was some valiant, her- like heroic effort. Double that against a fast Tampa team. Chara in his prime is going to do that too, though. You're not wrong, but Seth Jones... That's insane, though. It's incredible. He's an absolute workhorse. He's probably one of the most underrated players in the league. And to my point, too, another just sabermetric crazy stat, Yunus Corposalo, the Columbus goalie last night in five overtimes, had, I want to say, 80-something saves, like 84, 85, 85, which is the NHL, again, NHL. that's another NHL record. Yep. NHL records across the board. The damn Tampa Bay Lightning ended up winning on some fluky seeing eye shot where Braden points floating backwards. But nonetheless, the game ended up being pushed to today because, again, they're using the same ice, COVID-19. Yep. It's their own Toronto. It would have went off at, like, what, midnight your time? At that, at that pace when the game ended, it probably would have started at, like, yeah, 11, 30, 12. Because I know they need, like, 90 minutes in between games. And, yep. Um, but, yeah, 11 a.m. this morning, working from home, plugged in on the couch. Just just ballsy performance. They showed up. I know people doubted them. You could call them, you know, defeated in the exhibition and preseason round, but they uh, they got their feet under them in the second period, I would say, around there. And um, tie game, we go to overtime. Power play for the Bruins, you know, gained a little bit of momentum there. Um, second overtime, it was just what we all have been really looking for, tic-tac-toe for the perfection line. And Bergeron scores to end it. But um, if you're a Bruins fan, super promising. Hurricanes look a hell of a lot better than they did last year. But I'm still going, like, probably Bruins in five. I'll spot the Hurricanes a game. But the Bruins have the better roster and more veteran experience. So I got to watch those first two periods, as I was saying. And uh, the first period, they got down one nothing pretty quick on yep. what I would describe as not that great a goal. Tuka was a little out of position, kind of sliding around. Exactly, yeah. But they fought back immediately after that. And I actually think the second half of the first period is when they turned it on because they really started cycling the puck down low. And Pucks indeed, baby. What do we say? Every day. Over, overall offensive like possession, I felt like towards the latter half of that period was really good for them. And then the second period, I felt like there were just so many opportunities. DeBrusque missed a... Dude, he should have had at least three goals. A wide open one on the door. I don't know how like Billy needs to Billy needs to do something because that's his boy. He probably had two or three goals. He hit a post and then he had a wide the the wide open net where they show him sort of roll his eyes and then he smashes stick on the bench. So he had a bunch of opportunities. Coil rang bar real hard. Uh, Grizzly had a double doink too. Yeah, double post. I felt like their offense overall was clicking from what I watched the mm. yeah second half of the first period and the entire second. So I felt pretty good about him going into the third, but I ended up seeing the highlights of Bergie's goal. He was kind of just left on the wing wide open. They didn't even know he was there and just went yeah. top, top bag on him. We love it. We love him going top bag. Always seemingly coming through. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really all there is to it. It's going to be a hell of a series. All these games. I, I'm just happy to have sports back. It is. It is. And and with that, the sports back talk. College football announcing a couple of conferences will cancel. Uh, a yep. couple are still going ahead with it. My big question, I think, that nobody really addressed was, will there be, like, fans at this? Because don't you think a college football game will be wildly weird without fans? It will be wildly weird. I don't think there's a possible way that they can have fans. Yeah. And I think it was Todd McShay who said this as well. 
for all the conferences that cancel and they're just trying to appease everybody in the media and everybody, all the fans and the universities by saying, oh, we'll just try to push it to the spring. We'll have it in the spring. Do these people realize how wildly just, I don't want to use the word inappropriate, but just how wrong that would be to have in it them play a spring season and then go ahead and play in the fall again with like what like type of turnaround three, is three that? weeks off. Yeah. Yeah. What type of turnaround that is for, for these kids? Like that yeah. is, that's even more unsafe. I, I just don't get how, I think it's just them talking out of their asses, trying to appease everybody. Cause there's no way that they actually, that gets approved by anybody. That's, it's just idiotic if they do that. Yeah. I, I don't agree with that line of it. Uh, you know, it was coming up on the decision point, really. You think we're just started. We're getting into the middle of August. What you start reporting to school in late August, you know, football yep. players will probably be in before that. Games, exactly. games start like immediately in September. So I yeah. get I get them canceling now. They kind of waited till the last second. Literally the last possible second. Last probably. second that they could do, which I agree with. Like if, if you're going to let the chance, let the chips fall where they may. And at the last second, you know, be like, hey, here's where we're at. We don't think we're going to be able to do it, or we we do think we're going to be able to do it. But I think that we do think we're going to be able to do it. Have what well, we've said before: no plan in action whatsoever. Yeah. To, mitig the, to again, mitigate just, risk. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, let's get into a little stock talk, Drew. I want right. to check in with you. Uh, have you got Robinhood at all? Have you just fiddled around in there? No, I have the app. I have not even made an account or anything. Okay. I've been sort of a silent bystander of the of the group. Let me see what the group's called. I don't know if that's public knowledge. Stocks only go up. It's the group that I had been invited to um, with some friends of mine. Curtis included me in that so so graciously. But there has been really no movement on the stock side of things for me. You know, this is sort of awkward for me. There's been really no movement since our last talk. Um, I don't know if it's just hesitancy or I just don't really have the time to, to get into it. I, yeah. Again, like I said, I've been an innocent sort of silent bystander in the stock stocks only go up group. So that is certainly educational, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't say it's time consuming, but you find yourself, you find your time getting consumed by it. Yeah. Uh, especially for me at night doing some research, trying to, you know, get ahead on the next day and figure out yeah. where you want to go with your investments. Recently, I learned a little bit about stock splits. I, I got into Tesla earlier this week, and they announced a stock split the next day, which was good news for me uh, because the, the news took it well, so the share went up a little. But basically, you take the stock at what is now 1,500. They're announcing a 5-to-1 split, so that'll be you know 300 and change. You, I have one stock I would get five now at 300 and change. I like to think of myself as a stock splitter now. I'm a big fan of the stock splits. Oh my God. Uh, Apple announced one as well. And Amazon is talking of one in the near future too because they're like north of three grand right now. It's made, which I like, to give more people the chance to buy into these companies uh, yeah. and, and see money growth, which is good. So we'll see how it goes. The stock game, Drew will get into it once he's in. Oh, see, no that's what I'm out. scared of. Once I'm in, I don't think I'm getting out. Once I start digging, I don't think there's any way I can get out of the hole. So I'm a little bit hesitant, yeah. but maybe, I, you know what my goal will be? 
next pod to actually have an account. Yeah. And, and I can kind of talk some stuff. Have some that you know you're interested in. Okay. Because my, my ones that I like right now that I'm invested in, you got Tesla, Apple, AstraZeneca, and Moderna have been struggling for me. Uh, but that comes with time. We'll see in the fall when they announce vaccine news. And then do I have any more? I'm looking at DraftKings will be my next one. But with all the sports stuff going on, I've been a little hesitant. Very fair. You don't really know what's going to happen there. Yeah. NFL is a crapshoot and college football is a disaster. So we'll see. Yep. Uh, Let's move right on then. Let's move right on. To our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. Do we want to do the dad joke of the week or do we want to do women of the week? Women of the week. We're doing both. So I'll just, I'll, well, all right, we'll jump right in. The Dad Joke of the Week is brought to you by Gloucester Gear. Once again, wear what the locals wear. Curtis has got it on his head right now. Now this, I think, is some of my best work. Here goes nothing. How do you make a Kleenex dance? I, no clue. Put a little boogie in it. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I, I've been waiting for this one. That's a good one. Where'd you get that one from? Is that a fan submission or just No, yours? just mine. Just something. Oh. I didn't come up with it. I just found it and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, that's, I like that one. Especially, a lot. it relates to like everything going on COVID, allergies, you know, you got to use Kleenex, pull your yeah. nose, et cetera. I still, one of these days I will get one, but my mind originally jumped to, I was like, okay, nose, blowing your nose. And then I was like, that's not it. Get, and I didn't get past that. I was just like, yeah, right. it happens. Hit me with the punchline. Put a little boogie in it. I like yeah, that a lot. There you go. Next segment, well, in memoriam to the Beneath the Bar podcast, we're going to do another piece. fraud of the week here. I'll start us off, Drew. I got a good one. I think I'll give you a little time to mull one over if you haven't got it yet. Okay. So, my fraud of the week. Or frauds, shall I say, because there probably is a, a good portion of the population. Oh, jeez. Color laundry people. Not mixing your whites and your colors. I just don't believe in it. Wait, are you so, like, so like you're am I a fraud if I put everything in at once? No, you're not a fraud. I'm talking about the people who say you oh, can't who, do that the because the colors will run. Oh, okay, okay then I would completely agree. I mean, I have never in my life, unless my mom is literally looking over my shoulder, divided up laundry by color or really anything. Like if I have laundry, literally everything is going in at once. Okay. And I don't even like, I'll deal with the consequences. I'll do my, usually my sheets and my underwear and socks. Well, yeah, bed and sheets and stuff. Well, socks and underwear I'll throw in there with the bed and sheets. And then everything else is going straight into the washer. Yeah. But what is it with, I feel like it's our mother's age. So here's the thing. I think it has something to do with the temperature. Like my mom is always like, make sure if you're putting everything in, put it on cold. Like, do you do cold or warm water? I do warm and cold. I don't do hot ever. So I always do cold water because that, I guess, doesn't, the colors don't leak as much if, unless you, like if you do as much as they do, sorry, if you do warm or hot water. So I've been since I've been home for the last couple of years since school, I've just been doing cold water, throwing everything in. Yeah, maybe it maybe it know. has to do with the technology. Maybe the washers weren't as good back in the day. Maybe, maybe. The, the material, the clothes have changed. But guess what? You got to adapt to the times. And 
Anybody who still says you can't throw it all in at once, you're my fraud of the week. Love it. I got two this week. I just came up with one, like literally just now. So I'll give you my primary fraud of the week is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yep. Basketball player for the Bucks. He is the guy. Oh, yeah. Definition of a fraud, though, because he couldn't be less tough. Like, he doesn't want the smoke from anybody. I don't know why you would headbutt somebody. Yep. And now he gets suspended and costs his team a game. Like, you're not... You're not like a you know you're not a big dog like you're you're a good basketball player but like you're not that type of guy. There's no reason you should be headbutting people. That is it's just fraudulent from him because he doesn't want that smoke from anybody. So I don't know why he would do that. Like I feel like if Marcus Smart got in his face, it would be over. That's how I feel. Okay, that, so like, granted, that's more of a feel. That's more of a feel fraud. Granted, Giannis Antetokounmpo is a phenomenal basketball player. And physically, he looks like he was carved from, like, the, the nicest stone in Greece. Like, he is absolutely yoked. But I still think there's a little bit of fraudulence there. Like, I don't really think he's hard and he's tough as he, kinda like, as he puts on. Kind of like SpongeBob uh, when he had the, the blow-up muscles there, a little soft underneath. Yes, that's Weenie, exactly Weenie right. Hut Jr. He needs to go to Weenie Hut Jr. 100%. This one that I just thought of is my like one B fraud of the week. Okay. This is from years ago when concerts still happened. And I just thought of it because it drives me effing nuts. This was at, I believe it was Thomas Rhett. Okay. Summer last summer before this all happened. Mm -hmm. I'm on the lawn at uh, the Xfinity center crippled singing, dancing, having a good time. It's a concert. It's the summer. Like who cares what you should be doing? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I look over and there's a woman who, after hours of you know drinking, dancing, singing at a concert, no less, on the lawn, which is typically a lawless uh, land, one of the more lawless lawless land. You know, that's where the free riders are. That's where things get a little bit chaotic. And this woman had the audacity to start yelling at our group to quiet down and stop being so obnoxious and loud. At, the at a at a out at a summer outdoor concert on the lawn, I the, mean the audacity to do that. But then I'm thinking to myself, like, how loud were you? Look, there is no way that we were loud. Like, who were you there with? I was there with like Leah and her friends and stuff. Okay, there's no way that our group was as loud as the group next to us. Like, it it was a outdoor concert, Matt. Like. It, there's it's I feel like in that situation it's almost impossible to be overly obnoxious too like and this lady was it's not like this lady was right in front of us or right behind us she was I would say five ten yards away like down the hill kind of like she wasn't that close yeah and she literally had the audacity to turn and be like can you guys stop singing can you guys stop being so loud that's interesting stop is that the, singing at a concert is I wild. swear to God in my life she said stop singing that I swear to God that's just outrageous. That is. Is that the is that not the most fraudulent act activity yeah. someone's ever done? Yeah, it's almost as if she wants to be at you know a concert that's being held at Stage Fort Park by like a I don't even know like, like a, a Christian Christian uh, alternative like music. gospel yeah alternative gospel. group you where go. you each have headphones. She would rather and you be in church. Some would say she'd rather be yeah. in church listening to the choir just about but yeah. people sing with the choir so then again that's true she may have a gripe with that as well yeah no guarantees anti crowd singing that's uh one i wouldn't have expected to hear today 
All right, with that, Drew, let's wrap it up here with our last two segments. Woman of the Week. You got one, or you want me to go first? I got one. I can start. This Bye. is a, a last-minute addition to my repertoire this week of um, you know, weekly choices or subjects that we go over. I'm going with Cardi B this Ooh. week. All right. She, uh, a fellow alum of the pod. Yes, actually, technically, yes. First you know episode. What? First episode, she made an appearance. Yes, you are correct. Um, so that to my first point, yeah, she she made headlines a couple months ago at the very beginning peak of coronavirus with that video of her, just in the way that she said it, and then um, this week she came out with a new song called WAP or W A P. Um, oh yeah. I'm not going to say what that means. I'm not going to tell you what the lyrics are about. The kids know. The kids will know. It's just an absolute banger, first off. It's catchy as hell. It's. I would definitely warn you that it's a little bit explicit. Yeah. Um, but give it a listen. I don't know if it's called WAP, WAP. The kids are talking about it. The kids are listening to it. Cardi B. A bad eh, bit. You know what I'm saying? She is my woman of the week. I like that one. Well, I'm going to change pace here on you. A little, little change-up coming at you in a 3-2 right. count. Okay. But I'd say, actually, this is the this is the high cheddar. This is okay. Rachel, Rachel McAdams. And I'm thinking Wedding Crashers, brunette Rachel McAdams. Yep. And, and we talked about it in the group today, uh, in the podcast group with the Beneath the Bar guys. And Jimmy put it perfectly. There's... There's something about her. It you can't describe it in words. It's just she. He put it as she has it. She has an aura about her. Yeah, it's, it's just something. You know, it's like a mixture of the girl next door between like a wholesome girl and and a, and a bad girl. What a what a woman of the week. Yeah, like you get into. I believe she was in the second season of True Detective. And had like a, a, a little bad girl look to her there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All different sorts of hair color that she can pull off. And then famously in the notebook with Ryan Gosling. So Which is all time. All time couple of movies, Wedding Crashers being one of them. Yeah. Rachel McAdams, my woman of the it's week. A great choice. Great choice. We'll wrap it up here. The dog's getting a little restless. He's tired. Look at him. Oh, he's looking at <laughs> This one comes from David Goggins, described as the toughest man on earth, a former Navy SEAL. He's going to come at you with a great quote this week. It states, Motivation is crap. Motivation comes and goes. When you're driven, whatever is in front of you will get destroyed. That'll wrap us up from TBLC. We'll see you next week. Happy Thursday, folks. We'll be on time. Pat Goss, play us out. What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Sazits. Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group.